Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Welcome back to the Men's Divorce and Cordell and Cordell podcast. I'm Scott Trout, Managing Partner and CEO of Cordell and Cordell. And we continue to bring you information about divorce family law and the things that uh, you have a lot of questions about that uh, you need answers or you need direction. And obviously, this is why we do it. And it's not legal advice. You always have to be cautious. This is really educational and informational. The only way to get advice is uh, set up a consultation. You can do that by going straight to the website at cordellcordell.com. You can schedule a consult right there. Don't even have to speak with anyone if you don't want. You can schedule it. You can see a calendar of availability in an office near you. You can do a search from where you are and get that scheduled with an attorney. That is the best way to do it to ensure that you get some accurate information and advice. So as we go, I'm joined by a fellow Cordell and Cordell attorney, really out of the Jacksonville office. Welcome. Thank you. So glad you're here um, today. Let's talk about, uh, I think you mentioned a four-letter word, and that's fair. And what do we do with it? I mean, I, I, I can tell you that in my experience, it's, a, it's often said, it's just not fair. Uh, how, how do you deal with it? What, you know, why is it a four-letter word? And how do we, you know, we'll get to the point where, what do we do with it post-divorce? But let's talk about fairness and, and in your experience, and I'm, I'm sure I'll share some things as well. Yeah, so I get that word a lot, right? And even in our statute, it's written where there's some level of fairness with equitable distribution. Um, But clients oftentimes want to talk about it being fair for them, right? But oftentimes it becomes a big four-letter word because our sense of what's right and wrong and fair is different from opposing parties. Um, It's different sometimes from the judges. So clients oftentimes get bogged down with the term. And I feel like now there's a negative connotation attached to that term fair. I mean, the whole process uh, of itself probably isn't fair to either party. And I've always said, look, divorce, there's no winners. So from that premise, it's degrees of losing which from the onset, which means whatever happens, there's there's probably likely nothing about it that's going to be fair. It just is what it is. You walk away with maybe 50% of your property, 50% of your custody if you're, if you're lucky and you have an attorney who's aggressive and fights for you to try to maximize the time with your kids. Uh, walk away, hopefully not paying anything out of your income to your spouse for spousal support. Uh, it's just not, it, it isn't. It, it's um. It's a tough word, and I hear it. I know you do, and you said a lot in as attorneys how we deal with it. Um, what I try to do typically is we turn it, and, it's, and I always say, "Look, it's not. You're right. It's not fair." But what do we do with it? We can't just say it's not fair and let's take some approaches. There's things that we can do about it, especially as you approach uh, the end of your divorce and post-divorce. There's some things you can you tend to to really do, um, but it is about I think fairness. It's for me, it's empathy. Uh, you yes. know, I get it, right? And Very you have to position so. yourself and understand what they're going through, right? Empathy and self-compassion. I feel like yeah. sometimes we get so bogged down and bitter what's going on and trying to argue through the issues, but definitely displaying some self-compassion. And then I also recommend to clients, get some therapy. There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with mourning 
the loss of a, of a divorce of a partner. Um, yeah. So definitely seeking help and definitely making sure that you get time to process this loss as well is key. Yeah. I've heard opposing counsel. I mean, I've heard them say, get over it to their client, yeah. you know, and it's just no. like, I mean, I get it. It's, I may say that to my kids who say it's not fair. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> cancer is not fair. Right. right. So, right. Uh, and that's my comment. But I mean, for clients, it's, I get it. I totally understand um, the ruling that's going to come down. I'm not even sure there's a moment or anything in there that's fair, right. From our genuine agreement of what we think would be fair. Right. Right. It's, you said it best when you said it's degrees of losing and that's mm-hmm. hard for a client to process at any time, yeah. but definitely being compassionate, being empathetic towards them and understanding that this is a loss that they're going through is really, really key. And just giving yeah. them that leeway to, of course, express their anger and express mm-hmm. their bitterness too, but definitely not telling them to get over it, but going yeah. through a process of healing with them so that they can learn and become stronger through the process. Because at the end of the day, life is going to continue post-divorce yeah. um, and they're, you know, they can commit their, their lives to, to a better a better life post-divorce or equally so, good life post-divorce. Right. And, and that brings us to the ideas of, you know, making a lemonade out of lemons. And what do you do post-divorce? I mean, there's the things that we can try to say, okay, let's not fair. Let's, let's take with what we have. And there's some really positive and things that you really should be considering doing as you kind of detach from the event of the divorce. Um, what, you know, really one thing that I think I've been talking about lately that a lot of family law firms tend to bypass is estate planning. And what does that really mean? You know, what is, and that's such a, I hate the word estate planning, right? You, <laughs> some people think, well, I must have a large uh, asset base. No, it's not, right? It's no, it's what, for everybody. Right, yeah. Exactly. So I actually like that term. I think estate, but estate, you're right, has a, a, a full value associated with it, but it's whatever your assets are, whatever your assets are needs to be definitely taken care of. So definitely meeting with a specialist, someone who specializes in probate is- issues, like a certified tax planner um, to see how the divorce is affected by um, whether or not you have a will. A lot of clients don't have wills or some of them do, but making sure that you redraft the will so that your, you know, your ex-spouse is not going to benefit post-divorce. So looking at your trust documents, looking at your, your um, will documents is key. One of the major yeah. things you should do post A lot of guys may not have it, right? Uh, they, right. they either do have it or they don't. And it's a conversation worthy of, of having so that you are protected. And that's the whole point of, I think, really at, for Cordell, I'm trying to get across that we want to protect you know, every step of the way before, during, and after. And so there are some things even uh, during uh, or even before or after we talk about wills and trusts. And if you're in the middle of that right now and you have a will or a trust, bring it into your attorney's office, have a peek at it. Let's just, they should see it. We should see it. Let's see what we can do with it to make some changes. But more importantly, even during the process, and and there's always words of caution. Every state or every county has some local rules in which you can't do certain things like changing beneficiaries along the way, but like powers of attorney, especially during COVID. I had a conversation with a client during COVID and he's like, look, if I you know, have COVID and I go into a coma, I don't want her making decisions for my healthcare. So I should one. be thinking about that, right? Definitely. And even if they're recorded for any reason, 
if the powers of attorney are recorded, you have to re-record the revocation in the same manner, especially in Florida, in the same manner it was recorded in. So definitely looking at the revocations, paying special attention to the designations um, and appropriating a right person to be your agent, especially if you don't want it to be your ex-spouse anymore. Oftentimes our our guys don't. Yeah. And we say powers of attorney, it's it's dealing with finances when you're incapable or incapacitated, dealing with healthcare decisions, living wills about what you should be doing for uh, extraordinary healthcare. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are things that it's it's interesting. And I mean, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. And early on, I, I don't think in family law, we thought about that. Um, we just were so focused on the division of assets and trying to you know at least get as much custody as we could. So I mean, it's, it's such, a, such an important conversation to have with your attorney is, all right, let's, this is part of the divorce. It's part of the extension of how do we kind of protect you before, during, and after. And so that includes accountants, right? You want to go have a conversation with your accountant? Yes. You want to build a a conversation with your accountant because now your status has transitioned from married to single and there are tax implications with that as well. So we at Cordell, we definitely have a post conversation with our clients and create a letter and outline all these items that clients need to be thinking about or talking about post-divorce. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing it's, it's, uh, I was dealing with a, a bit back, which kind of the unexpected in guys or, you know, people just don't think about life insurance policies. So I had a client who got remarried and um, at one point uh, came, but we didn't really talk about his life insurance policies and he had some died. And what happened was his new wife, um, got the proceeds of the life insurance and didn't give it to his kids, but gave it to her kids uh, and made sure that they got something. And, and there's just certain things that you, it's about, you know, you don't want to be morbid and think about death, but it also, you want to protect, especially in divorce. You want to make sure that your kids get assets that in the event you get remarried, you never know what's going to happen, right? So life insurance Absolutely. policy, that's another thing, bring into the office and talk about the beneficiaries as well. Definitely. Um, And your health insurance too, like changing the beneficiaries there. It's one of the first things that we definitely counsel clients on. Definitely checking those things, making sure the beneficiaries are accurate post-divorce. And in some uh, states, you cannot, of course, change the beneficiary in the process. So you have to wait until the actual divorce decree has been issued. Yeah. So it is, I mean, I can tell you, I don't often hear divorce attorneys talking about this, these things and, you know, safe deposit boxes, retirement plans, and really other documents. Those are things that really should be discussed. And, you know, some people are like safe deposit box. What is that? You know, I know that that item has tend to kind of grow out of favor, but some people may still have a safe deposit box. Yeah. Yeah. I, we, I had a client who had a safety deposit box. That's where he kept the passports for all the kids and um, his wife and definitely, and it was a joint safety deposit box. So definitely making sure that that's closed and you open an individual one and making sure that there's access to, especially if you have children, important documents that both you and the ex-spouse would have access to as well is key. Passports, birth certificates. Yeah. Retirement, all the beneficiaries. It's so, um, you know, the one takeaway here, obviously, I think you could overreact and immediately change the beneficiaries of everyone, everything you have. 
Again, there are very specific here in Missouri, in St. Louis County, uh, you can't change beneficiaries. You can't close accounts. You can't do certain things during the pendency of the proceeding. Correct. Now, right. So that you do need to have a consultation and check because I've always said uh, one of the 10 stupidest mistakes, you know, guys, every action has, you know, a consequence moving out, talking too much, changing beneficiaries, all those things could have a negative or a positive consequence. So you can't just ignore, you can't react on emotion. You can't just take all these steps. That's why this for today, you know, these are conversation pieces that you should be taking to your attorney, whether it's us or someone who practices exclusively, right? Absolutely. And especially post-divorce, like when that decree is final, there are certain steps you just need to take right away. So just definitely check with an attorney to speak with someone who knows what they're talking about. And I get it. You know, the, in the divorce, you, you're tired. You, you've got, this, you know, you're exhausted in the process. So as we began this podcast, we talked about fairness and maybe the negativity that's associated with it. Well, you can take all these things that we just talked about and make it a positive, right? Okay, let's make positive steps moving forward that protect me, my kids, my legacy, my family, my property, my stuff. That's ultimately what you want to do, right? To heal, learn, move on, pick up the broken pieces and create a good life for yourself post-divorce. Yeah, as much as you want to move on and be done with it, you know, I think these are the conversations at the close of the case you should be having with the attorney. If they don't bring it up, then you need to go find an attorney who does want to talk about it and deal with these issues and help you uh, and just position you for success in the future without, you know, to minimize the potential risks and ramifications associated with it. So great topic today. Uh, I know that you have more information as you're listening. So reach out, schedule a consultation. Happy to have a consultation, uh, whether wherever you are. We have offices around the country, including the United Kingdom, and you can schedule those right online. So Thanks for joining today and uh, appreciate the insight. Absolutely. My pleasure. uh, Subscribe to the podcast. You get alerted every time we drop one. We try to do a couple each week. You can also check out our virtual town hall. We just did one in August here. We're going to do one in September where it's uh, you've got questions. We have answers. Uh, 30 minutes devoted to simply live interaction with a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. We're just answering your questions. So if you want more information about that virtual town hall, you can go to CordellCordell.com or check us out on social media, Facebook. We'll be talking about the next September virtual town hall, or if you have answers about from today, log in, just post the question uh, anonymously, confidentially, and we'll answer some of your questions. So check us out on YouTube, all of the information with all of our previous podcasts and virtual town halls as well, but check out CordellCordell.com. Happy to have that consultation with you over the web, in person, on the phone, whatever's convenient for you. So until then, until next time, have a great rest of the week.